0: Friends, this is Bob Hope. Listen carefully. What you are about to hear
1: can save your life. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. On Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerke. On this week's show, we've got not one, not two, not three, but four birthday salutes for Arthur Lang, Gene Rodemick, Lou Gold, and Harry J. Lincoln. And we'll take a musical trip to Calico Ghost Town, Last week, April 16th, marked the birth in 1889 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, of composer and bandleader Arthur Lang. He obtained his musical education through private lessons and played both piano and banjo. In the 1910s, he worked in Tin Pan Alley as a songwriter, composing dozens of tunes, frequently collaborating with lyricist Andrew B. Sterling, who will be getting his own birthday segment for the first time in August. In the early 1920s, Lang recorded dozens of sides for Cameo, but in 1924, the same year he joined ASCAP, sold the orchestra to Roger Wolf Kahn in order to concentrate on arranging. In 1926, he literally wrote the book on arranging, titled Arranging for the Modern Dance Orchestra, published by Robbins Music. In 1929, Lang moved to Hollywood and over the next several years worked as music director at RKO, 20th Century Fox. And MGM, where he was musical director on The Great Ziegfeld, which won the Best Picture Oscar in 1936. Lang founded Co Art Records in the late 1930s, but turned more to concert music in the 1940s, teaching composition at the Los Angeles Conservatory, and founding and conducting the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra. Arthur Lang died December 7, 1956, in Washington, D.C. Here are three from Arthur Lang and his orchestra. Three records on the Cameo label credited to Arthur Lang and his orchestra, epitomizing the sound of the Roaring Twenties. We started around October 12, 1922 with Tickle Me from Cameo 281. Tickle Me was composed by Ted Snyder. This was an instrumental, but there are words written by Harry B. Smith and Francis Wheeler. That was followed by You from Cameo 478, made around January 4, 1924. And we finished up the set around May 15th, 1924, with Oh Baby, Don't Say No, Say Maybe, written by Buddy DeSilva and Ray Henderson from Cameo 557. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, April 13th, marked the birth in 1890 in St. Louis, Missouri, of pianist and bandleader Gene Rodemick. He's been heard numerous times on the show, and back in 2012, his great-grandson, Ray Rodemick, was our special guest right here live in the studio. So I'll just give a brief biography and encourage you to go to the website, www.RapidlyRotatingRecords.com, Scroll down in the archived shows to April 15, 2012, and listen to that special 90-minute edition of the show. Rotomik began his musical career as a pianist in his hometown and later formed his own dance orchestra, playing for wedding receptions and other social functions around the area. He formed the Rotomik Orchestra Exchange, a band-booking business, putting together orchestras of freelance musicians to play at various events, and it became a very successful concern. Although he was a good pianist, Gene played entirely by ear, so he hired fellow St. Louis pianist Gus Henschen to arrange and orchestrate his compositions, and Henshin eventually bought the orchestra exchange from Roderick In 1919, Henschen became the founding director of popular releases for Brunswick Records in New York. And the exclusive recording contract he offered Gene resulted in more than 75 issued sides over the next several years. Later, Rodemick became musical director of Van Buren Studios, writing music for animated cartoons, as well as other of the studio's short subjects, including six Charlie Chaplin comedies. And he was heard regularly on radio, conducting the orchestras for numerous NBC programs. In fact, he was recording with his orchestra for one of these shows when he became ill. He insisted on continuing the recording, but afterward was taken to the Medical Arts Sanitarium on West 57th Street, where he died three days later of lobar pneumonia on February 27, 1934. He's buried at Kensico Cemetery in Valhalla, New York. Here are three from Gene Rodemick.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you. (音楽) Thank you.
1: Frank Drumbauer's recording debut with Gene Rodemeck's orchestra around mid-September 1921 with By the Pyramids, written by Ted Fiorito. And you also heard Benny Kruger on that record. Gene Rodemeck is heard on many of his band's recordings, playing piano solos or duets with Alistair Wiley, and before By the Pyramids was one of the finest examples of the former, on Tenth Interval Rag, written by Harry Ruby. Brunswick 2599 was recorded February 21st, 1934, in Chicago. We started our tribute to Gene Rodemick with one of his own compositions, co-written with Larry Conley and George Fairman, Honolulu. Not Honolulu, Honolulu. Although Honolulu is shown as a subtitle. Frank Silvano was the vocalist on Brunswick 2760, recorded in St. Louis on October 21, 1924.
3: This is KISLFM 88.7 Avalon, and you're listening to Glenn Robinson's Rapidly Rotating Records, toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s.
1: Last week, April 13th, marked the birth in 1878 in Pennsylvania of Joseph Kiefer, Carl Loveland, Lillian Sarver, Ben Crosby, Frederick Williams, Jesse Westover, Abe Blosh, and Carl D., Caird M., and F.W. Vandersloot. Actually, all those names and more, some real people and others made up, are pseudonyms for composer and music publisher Harry James Lincoln the youngest of five children born to Conrad L. Lincoln and Margaret Losh, He was a prolific composer with works to his credit from 1900, his self-published The Midnight Fire Alarm, to 1936's Just Southard of the Line, but very little is known of his personal life. In 1898, he married Lottie Mae Bovick, was a church choir master and organist, and associate conductor of the Williamsport Symphony around the turn of the century and listed his occupation as music teacher in the 1900 census. He composed primarily marches, but also reveries, waltzes, and some rags. He seemed to have a fascination with fire, because in addition to the midnight fire alarm, he wrote The Firemaster, The Fire Worshippers, Fire Drill, and Striking Fire. Lincoln was hired by the Vandersloot Music Publishing Company in 1904 as manager and staff composer and arranger but also had his own firms, Harry J. Lincoln Publishing Company and U.S. Music Publishing Company. In 1915, he directed Lincoln's Ladies Band, 25 young ladies dressed in smart uniforms consisting of a long dark blue skirt with gold braid, a coat, and cap. They prepared for concerts and appearances at fairs with weekly rehearsals and made their debut at the May 30th Memorial Day Parade in Williamsport. The band was in existence for only about a year. Harry J. Lincoln died of a heart attack in Philadelphia on April 19, 1937. In addition to his fire-themed tunes, others include Save Me the Curls of the Bobbed-Haired Girls, Don't Take the Stinger from the Bee, Excuse Me, But Isn't Your Name Johnson, and these.
0: Till one day I said goodbye and went away to Rome. The old folk said, God bless you, boy, and may you soon return to broken heart. I
1: have one of the first of Harry J. Lincoln's many compositions, the self-published descriptive march galop, The Midnight Fire Alarm, performed with great exuberance by Prince's Orchestra on February 25, 1920, from Columbia A2960. Lincoln's work sold well, in part because of creative sheet music covers, and The Midnight Fire Alarm is no exception. Although Lincoln originally published the piece himself, it was subsequently bought and published by E.T. Paul, with a striking cover featuring a trio of horses pulling a fire engine at breakneck speed with the title in flames. Last year I played I Wonder How the Old Folks Are at Home by Lewis James and the Shannon Quartet. This time we heard Oscar Siegel from Columbia Green Label 3725, recorded June 26, 1922. I Wonder How the Old Folks Are at Home was composed by F. W. Vandersloot and Harry J. Lincoln, with the words by Herbert S. Lambert. Oscar Siegel was a world-famous baritone and music teacher in the early 20th century. He was born October 31, 1877, in Ultawa, Tennessee, and studied music in Paris. He toured Europe and the U.S., and in 1915 founded the Siegel Music Colony at Shroon Lake, New York, which thrives to this day, the oldest summer vocal training program in the U.S., and the premier opera and musical theater-producing organization. Siegel made dozens of records for Columbia between 1914 and 1926 as a soloist and member of the Columbia Stellar Quartet. Oscar Siegel died December 19, 1945, in Dallas, Texas. In the August 1911 issue of the trade magazine Talking Machine World, It was announced in a paragraph titled Interesting Columbia Moves that a quartet of Chicago concertina experts have been in New York making records. The quartet included Louis Zoller and Thomas Kasatka and two of their friends. Zoller and Kasatka were both Columbia Talking Machine dealers in Chicago, and the group recorded 12 sides. Kasatka also made at least six sides as a duet with James Sidlow. Well, as you might expect, the Czech music was popular around Chicago, and apparently the records sold well, because in February of 1926, the Kasatka Concertina Quartet were back in the Columbia Studios, this time in Chicago. This Kasatka Concertina Quartet was also led by Thomas Kasatka, not the Thomas Kasatka from the 1911 records, but his son, Thomas Joseph Kasatka Jr., born June 15, 1897, in Chicago. Unfortunately, the senior Kasatka died in 1919, but Junior took over the family's Columbia Talking Machine dealership and continued the musical heritage, with his group making a total of 12 sides and Thomas playing in the Chicago area until at least the 1950s. We heard the Repass Band march from Columbia Green Label 12034-F, The Repass Band is a Williamsport, Pennsylvania community band that dates back to 1831 and was renamed in 1859 after longtime director Daniel Repass, R-E-P-A-S-Z. Remarkably, the Repass Band is still performing to this day. The Repass Band March was written in 1896 or 97 to honor the band, but there's a dispute over whether it was written by Harry J. Lincoln or Charles C. Sweeley. A trombonist in the band. Now, just try and name another vintage music radio program anywhere on the planet where you're going to get that level of research, whether you like it or not, and I hope you do, then right here on Rapidly Rotating Records. I'm Glenn Robison, and we're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all of our previous programs are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all online, at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories, as well as SyncopatedTimesRadio.com. In 1881, silver was discovered northeast of Barstow, California, at a place called Calico, named for the multicolored hills in the area. Almost overnight, the mining town of Calico sprang up, and over the next decade, more than $20 million of silver was extracted from more than 500 mines. At its height, the population of Calico was over 3,000, with three hotels, five general stores, restaurants, boarding houses, and of course, saloons and brothels. What? What's that? Then in the 1890s, the silver and borate mineral calemonite dried up, and as quickly as it had appeared, Calico turned into a ghost town. In the 1950s, Walter Knott, founder of Knott's Berry Farm, bought Calico with the intention of adding it to his entertainment industry, but he decided this unique piece of history in the American West needed to be brought back to life and preserved. In 1966, Knott donated Calico Ghost Town to the San Bernardino County Regional Park System. And in 2005, it was declared California's Silver Rush Ghost Town. So to commemorate Calico Ghost Town, here's a set of rapidly rotating records about Calico, beginning with the Calico Rag. Joseph C. Smith's orchestra recorded Calacoco twice for Victor on May 8, 1918, as King's Novelty Orchestra, the only time Smith used an alias, and also for Columbia a few months earlier on November 19, 1917, issued under catalog number A2460, the record we just heard. Calacoco was written by Hugo Fry, but I don't know to exactly what the title refers. It's obviously not Calico Ghost Town, or Hot Chocolate in the Golden State. It's a surname, appearing in Warwickshire, England around 1891, or it could refer to a dance of the time, although I couldn't find any evidence of that. We started our little musical visit to Calico Ghost Town with The Calico Rag, composed by Charles L. Johnson. It was performed there by Frank E. Banta, piano, and drummer Howard Kopp, K-O-P-P, with Howard getting top billing on the label of Columbia A-2241. Takes one and three from a March 3rd, 1917 session, and take five, recorded almost two years later on December 27th, 1919, were all issued with that catalog number.
3: Claremont, California,
2: 91711.
1: Last week, April 15th, marked the birth in 1890 in what is now Poland, but at the time was Russia, of Louis Milton Goldwasser. Doesn't ring a bell? You've heard him many times on the show as Lou Gold, one of the most prolifically recorded band leaders of the 1920s. The family arrived in the U.S. in 1893, and Lou learned piano as a child, was giving lessons as a teenager, and in his mid-twenties was a professional pianist, working at the Hoffman Park Inn on Long Island. In 1924, Lou and his band were appearing at the Club Wigwam in Manhattan, and were heard on WHM New York in live broadcasts from the venue. He made his first records on March 14, 1924, for Cameo, and was soon recording for many different labels, ultimately making around 750 sides over the next eight years or so. Lou Gold and his wife Doris retired to Miami, Florida, where he died on August 19, 1950, and they're buried together at Graceland Memorial Park in Miami. He's probably going to get shortchanged because of time, but here are at least a couple by Lou Gold.
0: me say that I'm in love with you. I'm lovesick and I can't deny it. Showed me with kisses. Come on, won't you try it? 60 seconds every minute, 60 minutes every hour. I'm in love with you.
1: You occasionally hear Jan Garber's great recording of it as the music bed for station IDs on the show. But you gotta love the TikTok woodblock on Lou Gold's version of 60 Seconds Every Minute, I'm In Love With You, written by Lou Davis and Henry W. Santley. Jimmy Kern is credited as the vocalist on Cameo 1183, waxed June 16th, 1927. I didn't mention it in his little bio, but Lou Gold was also a composer with several tunes to his credit, including the one we started with, If You Could Sweep the Clouds Away and Let the Sunshine Through. Banner 0760 was recorded July 3, 1930, and Irving Kaufman was the vocalist, singing the lyric credited to Doris Reynolds, who was, in fact, Mrs. Lou Gold. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll tune in or click in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Okay.